AIC Stories Podcast presents. Welcome back as we take another look beyond the stream. This is the AIC Stories Podcast. I'm Dave, and I'm joined on this episode by my good friend Justin at Bear Naked, who is helping me as we take a look beyond the stream at the Archive uh, 81 series from Netflix. We are going to be talking today about episode five called Through the Looking Glass. So I hope you guys are all caught up and are ready to discuss this episode. So before we waste any more time, I just want to remind you, if you want to keep up with everything going on at AIC Stories, you can do so at AICstories.com. You'll find links to everything right there. I'd love it if you checked it out. Let's get right to it. Okay, so we are back. This is episode five, Through the Looking Glass. And real quick, the synopsis on this one is, the past blurs into the present when Melody visits a forbidden floor in search of an inspired Annabelle. Music leads to lost souls and revelations. Who can't talk? Um, (laughs) So kind of a a promise of a, a little bit of a twisty episode. And I have to say, the biggest theme from this before I throw it over to you for your first take on it is this was the melody episode. I mean, it was almost all melody story the whole time. Yeah. What did, what did you think about that? Um, I, I didn't really notice it until it, like it was a ways into the episode. So probably like two thirds or so of the way through the episode, I just thought, Oh, Hey, we haven't really like, aside from the dreams or whatever, we haven't really seen anything from Dan. Yeah. So, I mean, Obviously, that that's not a problem for me because I like I wasn't noticing that you know right. wasn't making an appearance. So, and I'm wondering if maybe that means the next one they're setting it up so it's going to be a lot with with how this one ended a lot from Dan's perspective. Yeah, that, uh, that seeing what's going on. That could very well be. And and I, I was kind of the same way. I didn't notice that at first, but I did find myself at a few points going, "Okay, when are we getting one of those cool transitions shifting to see what Dan's doing?" You know, and although Melody's story was very interesting, what what they told in this one, but um, yeah, I was kind of waiting, like, well, when is that? When is that transition happening? And it just it never happens until like the very very end. So that was very cool. Yeah. So let let's kick it off. You've got uh, your number one uh, note or, or thought on this episode. What do you have? So my biggest one, I've, I think it was probably midway through the episode um, when Melody's talking to the the drug addict that comes down her fire escape and gets into her apartment. Yeah. What did they call um, it? Like Stardust? Stardust. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. And that's because he said it was Stardust, which yeah. is the mold in the building. Yeah. And it made me think of the the, the glimmery stuff we were talking about yeah. that you see on screen when Dan mm. and Melody are interacting. Like, I, right. It made me think of that, but also like it's the mold in the building mm-hmm. and I forget which episode it was, but when it might've been the last one when mm-hmm. Dan is hiding out in the bathroom, acting like he's taking a shower Yeah, and the redheaded groundskeeper red hood oh, lady the, comes up. The She's, jacket. Yeah. Yeah. She says that, um, the bathroom has mold in it. Oh so, yeah. Like, is this like, does this place have the same mold? Like, is that the connection? How he's yeah. like, how the, 
timelines are getting all squiffy with one another. And is the mold actually mold or is it like some kind of spores or something, you know, right. from some yeah. evil being? Yeah, I, I totally didn't even catch that until you said that just now about that woman asking about the mold. But that that's that's pretty clever if that's what they're doing in terms of a very small moment that may have tipped us off pretty early on. That was what, an episode or two back where they... Uh, had that interaction and might have tipped us off as to how they're communicating. That's that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. a good catch. That's a good catch. Um, I, I think for me, I know I had one note I, I wanted to talk about regarding the fire um, stuff between the Visser and Danny's parents, but I, I'm going to leave everyone with a teaser there because I realized after I made the note that maybe I better not talk about it just in case the podcast side of it is tainting my thought and memory out of it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil Ooh, anything. Okay. So I can't say that there was necessarily any fire there, but the line of thinking I had would have kind of brought us down that hole. So I think what I want to start with is um, kind of in reference to what you were talking about with that mold, I guess. And that's right off the bat, Melody is uh, visiting Beatrice in in the hospital as she's recovering after gouging out her own eyes and everything. Yeah, and she's there, and Beatrice wakes up and is kind of freaking out, but she's telling Melody, um, warning her, "Don't let it out." And that got me wondering and thinking about you know the building itself is is the building itself the evil entity or is there something that the building is. Uh, kind of in Ghostbusters fashion, you know, like a, a giant tank that's that's holding this evil at bay that's, you know, threatening to bust out or what. And that, that was something that made me wonder what exactly is there to be let out? And now that you mentioned the mold thing, it really has me wondering like, okay, what exactly is this? Yeah, and I think the, I don't know if it's the building specifically because... Visser was built over a different building, like the yeah. other building. Yeah. I don't remember if that one burned down or was destroyed or whatever. Yeah. But then this one was built in that same spot and it has mm. like those that weird symbol in it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the necessarily the building or just that spot. Like, mm. um, oh, what's the word? Like ley lines, I think they're yeah. called. Yep. Like, yep. you know, just where weird things happen. Yeah. So if that's just like the intersection of where weird things are going to go down. Right. And no matter what building is there, it's going to be a weird experience for people that hang out there. <laughs> I, I just hope that it, it doesn't. I mean, I guess if it does, I hope it's done well. But I hope we don't. Uh, we're not being set up to see the classic horror trope from like Poltergeist and stuff where it's some kind of ancient Indian burial ground or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's an ancient burial ground because to me that's a trope that's been used so often that it's like well if they do that i hope they do it well so yeah what uh what did you have next then number two so mine kind of going along that is we finally learn a little bit more about the demon that was in or the statue i guess oh yeah um, yeah um well i guess it is a statue of a like, demon god i think they said it yeah. was caligou or i forget how they pronounced something it something like that yeah um so we finally got a better picture of that. It was a drawing from like the 14th century or something in a book that Melody finds in the church after the yes. Father Russo guy dies. Yeah. So I'm like with that being there and it's like there's a coven of witches involved that 
like Melody's mom might have been a part of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think we're finally starting to get some of those answers. Mm-hmm. Like, the answers are bringing up more questions, but at least we're getting some answers to start with. Right. So, like, yeah, like, are the witches tied to the demon god, or are these like two different entities working like against each other, or what is going on there? For sure. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember what the name that they they had a name for that witch coven, like the started with a B and I can't remember uh, what it is. Baldung? Yeah, something like that. Bardung, Baldung, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that that whole scene um with with that preach or the well I guess a priest I guess with his hidden cabinet that she finds. That's one I, I want to touch on a, a little bit later, but um that was a pretty intense scene. And, and that kind of leads me to my second thought, which was that whole revelation of Samuel being someone actually named Alistair, who is apparently the head of some of this cult stuff for many years. And, you know, her finding all the mug shots of him being arrested in different places and all of mm-hmm. that. And just kind of the sliminess that we get from him, even when he comes in there with this cover story like like we were talking pre-show uh, about you know forgetting the book and he borrowed this book and he has to get it back to the university and you know all this stuff and he's just so uh, what's the word convincing and so slimy about the way, <laughs> way he's going yeah. about it it really solidified for me that this guy is bad news and that that whole section there that whole scene was just really something else yeah um uh- especially with like the my thought immediately left my head (laughs) (laughs) but you're 100% right it was um, like with her hiding under the desk and then yes like it really seemed like he was gonna find her but then he just like he's like nah I'm I'm good and he bolts out so right um, yeah I thought for sure that she was gonna get caught in there by him or the other lady and then yeah and she just traipsed right in you know, it was kind of weird. Like, oh, I just got to go in here, yeah. and, you know, and no like, one watching. Gonna... I don't know. And like, like, the door is somehow broken, and she had to like bang the door open, and that didn't get anybody's <laughs> attention. Like, right. Okay. Right. But I guess maybe set that up so that it, when she's in there, she knows when somebody's trying to come in because then they have to bang the door yeah. open also, so it doesn't just open up on her. So that gives true. her a chance to hide. That uh, that's. I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, when she was looking in there, I actually had a moment where I paused it because I wanted to see what was written down in the priest's journal mm. to see if it if it made any sense. Yeah. And um, on the note where he said he was meeting whoever at the train station. Yeah. Um, it also said Romans 12.12. Okay. So I looked that up to see what it was. I have no idea. Like, I'm yeah. not... I don't know anything really about Bible verses. So um, it just says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Mm. And I was trying to figure out if that ties in somehow to anything we know so far, but I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, that's I, that's dedication there. Because I, I remember seeing it flash by and it goes a little quick. And I did back it up once. Like, what did that say? And I, I still didn't catch it, but I, I didn't even think to pause it. I, I, I was like, I got to see what's going on. Where's this going? And so I didn't even stop, but. That's interesting. Uh, you wonder if that's, you know, kind of him giving himself a reminder to stay hopeful or, or something else, or is it mm-hmm. is it you know more of like a ominous warning type thing? Or interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It could be yeah. nonsense. Like, I don't no know. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I think, let's see, that was number two for you, right? Yeah, we both have done. Both have done two. Okay, yeah. Yep. Brain's a little scattered. Um, so if that was two, then then you need to give, I guess, your number three. Yeah, and this one, like, it wasn't anything specific in the episode. It's just after watching five of these, mm-hmm. I this Virgil, like Davenport, yeah. I don't know how much of him I believe, like what mm. parts are correct, like because. Even at the end of the episode, like he gives us this whole story about how um, Samuel was his brother. Yeah. And he thinks Melody set the fire and he died in the fire. So Melody's responsible for it. Right. But if he, like, I don't How long him. has he had these tapes? Like, that right. he's just now getting around to looking at them? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I, and I can't decide if he already knows what's on the tapes or not. Cause obviously yeah. he was there. We see him in the tapes. Right. So he was around. Like I'm sure, like if he's there talking to Samuel when this when that Chris guy commits suicide or is pushed, yeah. or I guess we don't know. Right. But when he plummets, how much other contact has Samuel been in with Virgil back in this time? Mm. You know that it's possible he knows all about Melody already and what's right. going on. So like, I, yeah, I don't, I, well, I don't buy his cover story about exactly thinking it, it, that she killed him. Like it's. It brings up so many questions because, like I say, you you feel like you can't believe a word coming out of his mouth. You can't believe a word coming out of Samuel's mouth. And, you know, he's been, like you said, he's been sitting on these tapes for so long. You can't tell me that Danny's the first one that he came across that had this particular set of skills to do this. It's very obvious it's connected due to Danny's father Mm -hmm. and all of that. So it makes you wonder, like, does he know even that, that, Dan has some kind of connection where he's he's connecting with Melody, you know, and, and you wonder just how much he knows behind the scenes. That's that I think is a big question that I'm hoping they they answer at, at some point here. Yeah, and and that's a tricky part with this is because we don't know what's on the like excuse me this episode especially yeah like what's on the tapes versus yeah. what's happening not on the tapes right so like I, I don't know if there's anything on the tapes talking about when Melody's talking about how she sees Dan in her dreams. Right. So like if, if I mean, Dan and, never sees that. Yeah. That she like that. She thinks he's there. Yeah. He then, just saw the, the seance or whatever from last time, which yeah, is and that's what makes him. him think it's real. Although I, I remember, I think it was last episode, Annabelle, her roommate, was recording her. And she does, I don't think she says his name or anything, but I know she does, while she's recording Melody, she does make a reference to, you know, the talking to the man in your dreams again or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and so I don't know, but I don't know if that's on the on the tapes proper, you know, or if they ever spell it out so Danny would actually understand what they're talking about or what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, it's and that's weird. Why I'm because what I'm thinking is, well, I guess, and I can, I can save that uh, for predictions. Yep. Because that's yeah. Go ahead with your, with <laughs> sure. your third point. Well, I, I have I have a kind of a, a third and a, a bonus comment, I guess I'd say, because <laughs> we have kind of skipped over the fact that we finally get a look at what's going on on that mysterious sixth floor that's off oh, limits yeah. 
you know, and in the sixth floor is, you know, we find out from the janitor guy right off the bat or the maintenance guy, don't go up there. It's crazy. And really, it's a locked room, an apartment that crazy red-haired lady owns that's off limits and has to have a special key to access. Annabelle's in there going crazy making these paintings and then has a big breakdown about the paintings when they try and sell in this gallery showing. And then we find, you know, Melody stumbles into a room that's locked, gets into it, and finds that it's full of these... I didn't know at first if they were junkies or if they were like zombie type people or what. Yeah, it was weird. It was kind of creepy. And then all of a sudden, that's where she meets that Chris guy that tells her he's, he needs to get out and he needs, a, uh, what do you say? He referred to it as a, a passport or a note or something, uh, a ticket. A golden, golden ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can't just leave and, and she doesn't know what he's supposed to get. And then he end, ends up dead before anything else can happen. And that sixth floor we really got a nice sense of, okay, here's why it's been off limits. And I thought that was pretty intense. Yeah. And like these supposed junkies, like Samuel has them there yeah. so that he can take care of them or whatever. Yeah. But like, Which, if they're who can believe him either. Right. And like they say they're junkies. Right. But they're like addicted to the stardust, yeah. which is the mold in this building. <laughs> right. So like, where did they come from? Like, are these people that lived there and then they just moved them onto the sixth floor when they got like all hopped up on this mold? Like, right. <laughs> well, and there's some uh, kind of, I don't know if they directly say it or, or just imply it that her mother may have been on that floor and, yeah. you know, drugged out on the, the nasty building mold or whatever. And, but she's not there anymore, which I thought that was interesting because he never says she's dead. It, it's he keeps saying when you know she, there was a woman here but she's not here anymore yeah. it, it it kind of makes it sound like did she leave was she killed is she dead you know what's going on so yeah that's that's kind of a which which still makes me think like this crazy oh not crazy but this mysterious woman in the red coat that Danny's dealing with it still makes me wonder if that's somehow tied to Melody in some respect. Like, is that her mother? Is it actually Melody, you know, years later? Or who knows? I, I'm not sure yeah. what's going on there. Um, the the point five, the bonus comment I had was just in general about this episode where even though it focuses solely, almost solely on Melody's experience, the episode felt much more intense than, than those previously. Like, it was... The other ones kind of have this ebb and flow where it's up and down a little bit and, you know, things are maybe a little happier as we're interacting with Jess and, and the you know, the stuff there. And then it gets a little darker and, you know, a little more intense and then it lightens up. This one just felt like it was start to finish very intense and, and a lot of tension building. And suddenly it feels like the story became way more massive in scope than what, what it initially appeared to be. You know, like this thing seems like it's some kind of massive... Uh, you know, hidden, cons not conspiracy, but this this massive, you know, underground society or whatever it is where it's no longer just these two in this little apartment building. It feels much bigger, much more ancient than that. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned prediction. Hit us, hit us with that. So, like, because we were talking about how, what the link might be between Dan and Melody. Yeah. And, like, Virgil now bringing in Dan to look at these tapes and mm -hmm. like with the mold being in the building. Yeah. You know, I thought 
predicting that the mold is going to be the same mold. I, I do think that's true. Mm-hmm. But like obviously this property isn't used very often. Right. So do they only they only use it like when they need someone that can, I don't oh. know, like interact with the mold maybe? Like right. someone who can see like and kind of I don't know if it's time travel but like dream walk or whatever into some, yeah. like someone else's life from back then. Sure. So like the I think the mold somehow is the key gonna tie. Yeah, I don't think it's like anything to do necessarily with the demon god or whatever. Okay. I think it's just it just happens to be what links like the timelines together. Sure. And gives them the ability to kind of communicate back and forth like that. Yeah. Along those lines it made me think of something. Do you think, you know, if they've got to wait for certain people to be able to interact with this, and so that's why they waited to get Danny in here, um, do you think there's a possibility that that Virgil's role in this is because he can't link with it, potentially? Yeah, I I do. Um, And so that other episode, they talked about spirit receivers. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if it's not kind of like that, like those people made art or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's not, I don't think it's that far of a jump, you know, because no. Melody's making films, yeah, and Dana's restoring them, right? Like, so are they also like the spirit receivers? And the mold is the thing that really like boosts right. that ability, where you know they can, right? Well, in Annabelle too, she's she's got that special paint that's made with that mold, and from from what they kind of implied, at least. And she's painting portraits of this woman that's there, but they never. She doesn't know where she's in there. Is all she keeps saying. Yeah, she's gotta and, let her out or whatever. Right, and I kind of that was another thing. You know, when we think about Melody's mother, she's searching for. That makes me wonder along the lines of what you're saying is is that face she's seeing Melody's mother that's trapped somewhere, which could be too if she's receiving these spirit. You know, if Annabelle's now you know being exposed to it and, and as a spirit receiver, she's able to see this face stuck there and has this connection to that that's yeah that's a good yeah. prediction well, the the paint was from the um Karenite. oh that's right it wasn't from the mold but, was it um that might be part of it too like yeah because that uh, in one of those books that uh melody was looking at in the priest's mm-hmm. like secret book yeah, vault, yeah um there was a lot about the comet karen right Right on there, or Charon, or however it's pronounced. Yeah, maybe it's so, not mold. Maybe it's it's actually some sort of space uh, dust, actual stardust, <laughs> like they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's good. I I know this episode was as intense as it was. It did leave me like we say this all the time because it's tough waiting to watch the next one. But <laughs> I really, I mean, we're getting close to the end now. We've got what uh, three episodes left. Yep. And so we know there's things are going to start happening, you know, kind of hot and heavy here. And I hope anyways, as far as, you know, storylines starting to resolve a little bit and everything else. But it's really getting a little wild. And it is great. I know Dean, you know, this was a type of show he said, I, I can't watch it. Dean Duplantis, our, our mutual friend uh, from the Making Our Way podcast, he said, this, this is too dark for me. I, you know, I was getting the, <laughs> the sweats just looking at it or whatever he said. And this is one, though, that if, if you're on the fence, I mean, it hasn't been like there's some little bit slightly disturbing stuff, but this series hasn't been 
so much scary as just very, I don't know how you'd put it, like uh, intense and very like heavy, heavy layers and layers of mystery of what's happening. And it is dark. There's people dying and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So did you have, I, I don't have any predictions, uh, mostly because the one that I was thinking of earlier, like I said, I don't think it would spoil anything, but on the off chance, I don't want to take that chance. So I'm just not going to, not going to put that out there. But um, any favorite moments or eye roll moments from this episode for you? Um, I had one. It's funny. I had, I noted an eye roll moment. Yep. Um, like near the beginning of the episode okay. when she goes up and she sees Annabelle in that apartment. Uh huh. And then she finds the door that's like super secure locked mm-hmm. from her side. So it's obviously keeping something in. Right. And like she's like, well, I'm going to go check this out. I noted. You know, with all the creepy stuff that's going on, you're just going <laughs> to wander in there, you know, without knowing what's back there. Even you've been told to stay off the sixth floor. Like, right. Then, but now, okay, just go ahead and wander in there. But then right. a few minutes later, she asks herself the same question. Like, why am I doing this? Like, what? yeah. Like, so like, I, I thought that was fun that they kind of noted <laughs> that it is a weird choice for the character to make. But, right. you know, you got to do it for well, the story reasons. Story demands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had one one small, uh, pretty obvious for anyone that knows me, eye roll, which is that camera she has must have the most amazing low light capabilities <laughs> because she is shooting in almost pitch black a lot of the times and it's still picking up everything just fine. And I thought, ah, oh, the the photo side of me that you know that that is into that. I was like, this little camcorder is going to be. You might as well be shooting with a potato because it's not, you know, especially back in the 80s or whenever it was supposed to be early 90s. That thing is not, it's going to be like, you know, 120p resolution or it's, you know, it's just not yeah. going to be good. So that was an eye roll. But my favorite part uh, of this whole episode, I think, was the scene that we get, that whole sequence in the church. When, when she goes in, she finds the key and unlocks that you know cabinet and finds all of that occult stuff, all of the viscer stuff that the priest had. He was obviously uh, studying and wise to what was happening in some degree and trying to stop it in whatever way he could. Ended up not working for him. He ends up getting killed. But um, that sequence to me was, was kind of a... A pinnacle moment of this is getting super super intense and i'm here for it i'd agree with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, I, I just i loved it so much it was such a cool sequence it kind of reminded you a little bit of like a, a heist movie in a way too where even though it's all this dark occult stuff it's it really at its core is like here's a burglar sneaking in and almost getting caught and just that you know very generic basic storyline that they pulled off just so incredibly well to ramp up that tension. I, I loved it. Yeah. So good. Well, any other thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I think cool. we, we said it all. We said it all. So we're going to jump in and uh, go watch the next episode. It's episode six. It's called The Circle. Uh, we'll see if Justin was right. We'll see if, if we get a, a, an episode here from the perspective of Danny primarily. Uh, We might, the quick synopsis, which I'll share at the beginning of next episode as well, but it just says, panic grows when Dan learns about his predecessor and Melody tries to track the source of the Visser's danger. So, 
We'll see, we'll see what happens. Go watch that, you guys that are following along and not cheating and skipping ahead and binging, just laughing at us as we try and figure this out. Um, but go watch that, and we'll be back next week with another episode. So let's go, let's go check out episode six. I'm on it.